I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of July 1. In the news, Parliament votes to strip two opposition members of Parliament of their positions in the National Assembly for prolonged absences. Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan says several Armenian villages along the Lachin Corridor will be handed over to Azerbaijan. And Armenia has its first ever woman prosecutor general. Today, Armenia's parliament voted to strip Deputy Parliament Speaker, Opposition Armenia Alliance member Ishkhan Sagatelian, as well as another Armenia Alliance member and head of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Economic Issues, Bahe Hakopian, of their positions. The decision was reached because the opposition parliament members exceeded their allowed uh, abs- number of the allowed absences from parliament uh, in the last session. Most of those absences took place during the protests that the opposition Armenia and I have honor alliances were holding uh, and that was from April until mid-June. Following the vote, Armen Kevorkian, the head of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Regional and Eurasian Integration, resigned from his position and as a reminder, Armen Kevorkian is facing criminal charges for accepting bribes. In an interview to Azad Utyun before the vote, Ishan Saratelian stated that the opposition will withdraw from all administrative positions in the National Assembly. He also stated that they don't intend to nominate any candidates after their um, withdrawal. Takuitov Masyan from the I Have Honor Alliance is heading the Committee on the Protection of Human Rights, which is the third position that is allocated to the opposition. She has not yet announced whether she will resign uh, or keep her post. Artur Hovanisyan, the Secretary of the Civil Contract Faction, uh, stated that should the opposition fail to nominate new candidates, the ruling Civil Contract Party will leave the positions vacant. According to Hovanisyan, those positions must be filled when the parliament is being formed but after the formation, they can be left vacant. Armenian law stipulates that the parliamentary opposition appoints the heads of three of the 12 standing commissions and one deputy speaker. On June 29, Armenia's parliament elected Anna Vartabedian as the next prosecutor general. Addressing parliamentarians before the vote, Vartabedian pledged to ensure proper oversight of law enforcement agencies combating and investigating crimes. She said she will tackle favoritism within those agencies as well as what she called excessive delays in criminal investigations and a broader lack of justice in the country. Incumbent Artur Davidian's term will end in September of this year. Anna Vartabedian served as Deputy Minister of Justice in 2019 and became Pashinyan's Assistant on Legal Affairs in March 2020. On June 27, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan held an online press conference that lasted around three hours. This was like uh, it's been a while since his last mm-hmm. press conference. Media were asked to send in their questions in advance. This was Pashinyan's fourth press conference since the start of the pandemic in 2020. Several media outlets boycotted the press briefing, calling uh, on the prime minister to meet reporters in person, arguing that since the government lifted all coronavirus-related restrictions earlier this year, the online format was no longer required. They also argued that during previous online briefings, many of their questions sent ahead of time were either ignored or distorted by his staff. As a result, the public's ability to receive proper information from the government was effectively restricted, said the statement. More than two dozen other Armenia-based newspapers, news websites, and TV channels, mostly critical of Pashinyan's government, went further. They boycotted the news conference altogether.
During the online press conference, Pashina ad addressed these concerns and said that those news agencies which boycotted the, this press conference were actively involved in paralyzing the city, recently referring to the opposition protests, and that they will always try to find something to boycott. He also stated that if media outlets want to arrange a meeting with him in a different format, they can contact his press office. You know, I was thinking it was three hours long. Mm -hmm. Had half of the media not boycotted the press conference, how long it would be. <laughs> it would have actually taken, yeah. Well, speaking about the alternative road that will link Artsakh and Armenia in place of the Lachin Corridor, the Prime Minister noted that according to the November 9 trilateral statement, this new road was to be completed within three years and will be operational once the Russian peacekeepers establish control over it. Pashinyan added that discussions regarding the road are being held mainly with the Russian side as they are going to oversee it. At this stage, the part of the new road that will pass through Armenia is in the planning stage. Pashinyan also noted that those villages which are on the Lachin Corridor and are not part of the Nagorno-Karabakh Autonomous Oblast will be handed over to Azerbaijan. These are the villages of Perzor, Aravno, and Sus, adding that the relocation of the residents will be handled in cooperation with the authorities in Artsakh. Armen Grigorian, Secretary of the Security Council, told reporters after the government session yesterday that Armenia has one and a half years to solve the issue regarding the resettlement of residents from Aravno, where a majority of people, um, whoever are left in those villages, are actually in Aravno. Well, yesterday, however, Artsakh's president, Aray Karutunyan, announced that Berzor will be handed over to Azerbaijan when the alternative road becomes operational, but that they will continue negotiations for Aravno. According to Karutunyan, in the November 9 statement, it is only noted that the Armenian side must leave Berzor. Nothing is mentioned about Aravno. Karutunyan also noted that the new route was chosen considering security factors and it will be more secure than the current one. Uh, it is uh, noteworthy that Azerbaijan has almost completed its part of the 32-kilometer road, while Armenia has not yet started the construction. Commenting on the ongoing negotiations with Azerbaijan, uh, Pashinyan noted that Baku canceled a meeting between Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian and Hikmet Hajiev, the advisor of Azerbaijan's president, which was supposed to take place on June 27 in Brussels, and that Baku has also ignored Yerevan's proposal to arrange a meeting of the foreign ministers of the two countries. According to Pashinyan, by sabotaging the negotiation process and publicly blaming Armenia for it, Baku is trying to legitimize another war. Pashinyan also stated that they agreed upon the construction of the railroad linking Armenia and Azerbaijan. However, Azerbaijan has rejected that agreement as well. According to the Prime Minister, there was also an offer from Russia's deputy Prime Minister Alexei Uverchuk to sign a draft document about the agreements reached between Armenia and Azerbaijan that Armenia was ready to sign, but Azerbaijan refused. Pashinyan also stated that after the April 6 Brussels meeting, it was agreed that Baku would return Armenian POWs held in Azerbaijan, but it did not fulfill its promise. According to the Prime Minister, Azerbaijan is also delaying the Border Commission meetings and the work of the Trilateral Working Group tasked with opening communication routes uh, as it aims to keep Armenia in isolation 
from all regional uh, communications. And uh, and on the note of Armenia trying to normalize relations with neighbors, special envoys for the Armenian-Turkish dialogue, Ruben Rubinian and Sirdar Kilic, will meet today in Vienna. This will be their fourth meeting. At the time of recording this podcast, no official statement about those talks has been issued. Prior to the meeting, Ruben Rubinian cast doubt on Turkey's sincerity in normalizing relations with Armenia, telling reporters yesterday that it's strange that Turkish officials keep announcing that they are coordinating the negotiation process with Azerbaijan. According to Rubinian, Turkey must demonstrate political will to move forward with the talks, which Armenia has done, adding that since the initiation of the dialogue, Armenia has shown a constructive approach. However, to date, there has been no significant progress. On June 27, while in Baku for an official visit, Turkey's foreign minister, Mevlut Çavuşoğlu, announced that Turkey supports the opening of the so-called uh, Zangezur Corridor, expressing hope that it will soon happen. Rubinian announced that such statements do not contribute to Armenian-Turkish dialogue, that on the country they have a negative impact on the talks. He reiterated Yerevan's official position, which is that none of the potential routes would be a corridor, also adding that there is no administrative territory called Zangezur. In Armenia. And more on regional politics. On June 29, Russia's President Vladimir Putin and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev met in Ashgabat, the capital of Turkmenistan, during the Caspian summit, uh, where they discussed the Nagorno Karabakh conflict. Before the bilateral meeting between the two presidents kicked off, Putin stated that they will be discussing security issues in the region, including, obviously, the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Aliyev stated that they will discuss regional issues and regional conflicts without using the term Nagorno-Karabakh or Karabakh. No further details uh, were publicized about that meeting. And last week, we reported that Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, announced during a meeting with his Azerbaijani counterpart in Baku that the OSCE Minsk Group ceased to exist and that the documents discussed within the format for the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict also lost their relevance after the 2020 Artsakh war. In response, Armenia's foreign ministry issued a statement underlying the 24th provision of the joint statement that uh, signed by Armenia's prime minister and Russia's president on April 19, 2022, which reads, and I'll say the direct quote here, they, um, Putin and Pashinyan, stressed the need for an urgent settlement of the pressing humanitarian issues and the resolution of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict through political diplomatic means. In that context, they reaffirmed the importance of using the potential potential and experience of the OSA Minsk Group co-chairmanship in accordance with its international mandate. Um, that's the end of the quote. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, the Armenian side reaffirms its readiness and commitment to the establishment of peace and stability in the region. Well, Pashinyan was also asked about Lavrov's statement during the online press conference this week. He described the statement as strange, making a reference again to the 24th clause of the Pashinyan-Putin joint uh, statement. And uh, according to Pashinyan, Russia's foreign minister is under the subordination of the Russian president, and his statements contradict the president's decision. You know, every week for the past, I don't know how many weeks, Rubina, we keep talking about the OSC Minsk group. One week it's dead, then that's next week it's revitalized, and I think it's got new members. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. This week, Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian told reporters that Armenia and Azerbaijan have narrowed their differences regarding transport links between the two countries. He said that it is difficult work, but the parties managed to bring their 
uh, positions closer together on many issues of uh, border and customs control, as well as the safe passage of citizens, vehicles, and cargo through roads and railways uh, in Armenia and Azerbaijan, or through the territory of the two countries. Grigorian added that expert subgroups formed by the three governments are continuing to work on practical modalities of the transport links envisaged by the um, ceasefire statement that um, you know brought the 2020 war in Artsakh to an end. He did not say when Baku and Yerevan could come to a final agreement. Uh, and last week, the prosecutor generals of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Russia met in St. Petersburg during the meeting. Armenia's prosecutor general, uh, outgoing uh, prosecutor general Arthur Davtian, stated that although an agreement has been reached between Yerevan and Baku to monitor border incidents, there is still no communication between the two sides, and incidents continue to happen on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. Davtian also raised the issue of the POW still kept in Azerbaijan, stating that the potential repatriation creation of 38 POWs, this is the number acknowledged by Bakus, would significantly contribute to the normalization process between the two countries. Following Russia's uh, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov's statement in Baku that the OSCE Minsk Group ceased to exist because the U.S. and French co-chairs cut ties with their Russian counterpart, the U.S. appointed Laura Hoagland as the new U.S. co-chair to the Minsk Group. Hoagland is also the director of the State Department's Office of Caucasus Affairs and Regional Conflicts on June June 28, the Department of State tweeted that the American co-chair, quote, spoke with her counterparts to discuss the future of Nagorno-Karabakh, adding that it was unfortunate the Russian co-chair did not accept the invitation. According to the tweet, the U.S. is looking forward to the Minsk Group's continuing work. And on June 28, Armenia Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorya met with the French OSCE Minsk Group co-chair in Paris. The sides discussed the need for a comprehensive solution of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict under the mandate of the OSCE Minsk Group. And this week, Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan was in Greece for an official visit where he met uh, with his Greek counterpart as well as the president and prime minister of Greece. Mirzoyan and the Greek officials discussed um, expanding cooperation and trade and economy, high technologies, military culture, science, and tourism, prospects of promoting cooperation in the field of regional transport infrastructures in particular uh, were discussed, and the work being carried out to establish the Persian Gulf Black Sea International Transport Corridor. The Armenia-Greece-Cyprus framework of cooperation was also discussed. And a delegation headed by Yerevan Mayor Raja Sarkisian is in France to meet counterparts in Paris, Marseille, Lyon, and other cities. Uh, so far, the delegation has participated in the opening of the fourth forum of the French-Armenian Decentralized Cooperation, signed documents of cooperation with the municipalities of Lyon and Yerevan, and visited the Transport Management Center in Marseille. Raja Sarkisian will be in France until July 7. And Maria, I'm so happy you're reading the next <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm happy too. <laughs> Canada will finally <laughs> open um, its embassy, its first embassy in the South Caucasus in Yerevan. Canada's foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, tweeted that the opening of the embassy will strengthen the ties between the two countries and will increase Canada's support for democracy in Armenia. So, yes, it's a very good thing. <laughs>
And uh, in local news, on June 30, the Armenian government appointed Seta Safarian, a well-known lawyer representing the victims of March 1st events, as its candidate for Armenia's constitutional court. The term of two judges of the constitutional court will expire in December. The second candidate, Hovakim Hovakimian, was appointed by President Vahagan Khachaturian. Hovakimian currently serves as the head of the legal department of the president's office. The department will hold a secret vote to elect the, uh, the judges. This week, the European Court of Human Rights ruled that the Armenian government violated the rights of three members of a militant group who were detained for plotting a coup. In 2015, the court ruled that the members of the group were kept in detention longer than required, as their earlier release would not have posed a danger for the investigation of the case. In 2015, Armenia's national security discovered this armed group and raided their hideout in one of the suburbs of Yerevan. The group was uh, accused of plotting to overthrow the government. According to the ruling, the Armenian government has to pay 6,000 U.S. dollars in compensation to two of the members of the group. This week, Armenia's National Security Service announced another uh, case of espionage. An Armenian serviceman um, allegedly passed on information about his military unit to foreign agents in return for 2 million Armenian uh, dirhams. It's terrifying that we report a similar every story week. every week. And uh, earlier this week, Armenia's Supreme Judicial Council announced that a special commission would be set up by the council to investigate whether the acting head of the Supreme Judicial Court, Gagik Jahangirian, violated ethical norms with the recording publicized by former head of the Supreme Judicial Council, Ruben Vartasarian. Yesterday, the Speaker of the Supreme Judicial Council announced that the council refused to initiate discipline plenary proceedings against Jahangirian as it is not possible to initiate such proceedings against judges or members of the Supreme Judicial Council based on edited recordings. According to the announcement, disciplinary proceedings cannot be initiated also because the recording was made over a year ago. As a reminder, last week Rupen Vartasarian published a conversation with Gagik Jahangirian in which Jahangirian promised not to prosecute him if he resigned. Vartasarian is facing criminal charges for obstruction of justice. On June 28, Artsakh Gaz, the main gas company in Artsakh, announced that because of repair works on the pipeline providing gas to Artsakh, the republic will be left without uh, gas for a week from, this is from June 29 until July 5. And this week, the Armenian Armed Forces announced that since the end of the 2020 Artsakh War, uh, Armenian conscripts, uh, that is, conscripts from the Republic of Armenia have not been sent to serve in Artsakh. The last group was sent in the summer of 2020 before the war and their service will soon be ending. A representative of the general staff of the armed forces stated that, that only contract servicemen will be sent to Artsakh. And starting today, uh, cash transfers exceeding 300,000 Armenian drums cannot be made by private companies and private ent entrepreneurs in Armenia. Ordinary citizens cannot uh, make money transactions exceeding 500,000 drams, that is, in cash. Property and car purchases also cannot be made in cash. A medical and education centers cannot accept payments in cash in Yerevan, also starting from today. Yeah, interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, and that's the kind of week it's been here in Yerevan. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next week.